When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Minnesota sports fans, we know all too well how it feels to sign up for a lifetime of purple pain. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? Happy Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. I believe I got that accurate again. Me and numbers, not so great. This is Purple Daily's Before We Die on Score North. I'm Jesse Pierce, usually found at a rink. This time I am freezing from my home, covering the Minnesota Vikings, watching the Minnesota Vikings, giving my hot takes, and just beating Thor in all of his games, all of his banter, everything, which is what I really pride myself upon. Uh, speaking of Thor, Thor Nystrom, my co-host in this endeavor He's always educating me. He's the guy I throw the ball to. He is my Justin Jefferson. See, I can be nice. Merry oh, wow. Christmas, Thor. Wow. wow. I'll take that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a rough episode for you, though. Otherwise, it's a lot of, a lot of heat coming. And over here, we got producer Ross Brendel. Uh, loving the haircut, Ross. Oh, thank, thank you very much. It's kind of disheveled today. I was out doing some shuffling in the bitter cold and wind. It's If you live in the Twin Cities or Minnesota, pretty much anywhere in the Midwest, it's not fun outside. Be be careful. Yeah. Little chilly. I am heading to the icebox of the nation, uh, International Falls for the weekend, or that's what? the plan. We will see. My family is up there. I don't know. My mom already said that maybe I have a pass to not go. So that would save five hours in the car with three screaming kids, which I don't hate. Let's talk, though, some Minnesota Vikings. They are hosting the New York Giants Saturday afternoon. Uh, Vikings 11-3. and three. New York Giants, 8-5-1. and one. Uh, Check out Alex Boone, also on the Purple Dailies. Deep dive into the comeback that the Vikings are coming off of. The Giants off of a 20-12 to 12 win over the commies. Uh, you guys, again, we say this every week. This should be one that Minnesota takes to the house, right? Like, let's do it. They're 7-1 and one at home. The Giants currently the sixth seed in the NFC, whereas the Minnesota Vikings have secured themselves NFC North champs and are slotted in at number two. How are we feeling heading into Saturday's Christmas Eve game? I'm feeling pretty solid. You know, I mean, the the we'll talk about the Vegas odds a bit when we do that segment. But the Vikings are are minus th- their three point favorites in this game. There's some things I think that that match up very well for the Vikings here. There's a couple other things we're gonna have to keep our eye on. We'll we'll get into that as we go. But overall, I'm I'm feeling okay. I mean, one thing in particular. The Giants have a terrible pass protection. They have allowed 44 quarterback sacks last week. The Vikings finally started really utilizing that blitz. I think if you see more of that against Daniel Jones this week, limit his time in the pocket. Um, I mean, Jones has only had 21 passes this season for 20 yards or more. 
Uh, do you guys think that the defense is going to be up for this challenge? God, I hope so. I, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing to watch for is, is, is Donatel going to turn up the heat like he did last week? And I, I think that'll be effective if they decide to do that. Priority number one outside of that, stopping Saquon Barkley, obviously. And if you're going to blitz Daniel Jones, you have to keep the containment because he can run as well. But one fortunate thing for the Vikings here, the Giants receiving core scares nobody. And with the struggles the Vikings have had at covering receivers going back this entire season, that's that's a good thing. But the other thing, something to watch. One thing that people aren't talking about, and I actually do think late in the season, this could pay pretty big dividends for the Minnesota Vikings. Follow me on a little math here. The Minnesota Vikings finished their game last Saturday around 4 o'clock, that marathon historic comeback. That finished at about 4 p.m. Central Time on Saturday. When did the Giants game finish with the commies on Sunday? Around 11 p.m. The Vikings basically have an extra day and a half of rest that the commies don't have in a time of year where everybody's injured. Just because no people don't show up on the injury report doesn't mean they're not hobbling or dealing with something like Jesse's dealing with right now with a cute, adorable kid in the background. I actually think, and I hesitate to say this because I feel like I bring it up every week. In fact, I know I do, and I get burned by it every week. This is another opportunity for the Vikings to maybe get up early and put their foot down on somebody. And Thor, great point on Danny Dimes and keeping containment. I don't know if we, at this point in his career, still have any idea how good he is or how good he isn't. One thing we do know, though, is if you don't keep containment, you don't keep him in the pocket he can make you look like a fool because he is a tremendous runner. So that'll be very important for the Minnesota Vikings. But I actually think that extra day-ish or so of rest could pay huge dividends to the Minnesota Vikings, who also obviously newsflash, they're the home team. They're not flying across the country to play this game either on Christmas Eve. I mean, I'll be honest, Ross, you lost me at math. And then the child entered and, you know, that's how that all went. I think he knew he's like, my mom doesn't know math. We're just going to skip is, over that. Is the child dressed in a Christmas or holiday attire? That's what it looked like. Possibly. I never know. I'd Live it up, know. young man. Live it up. Winter break. God help us all. All you parents out there, stay strong. I think uh, you got uh, a hug, though. That was kind of adorable. Was that a hug? He needs something. No, it was pushing me aside to get to his arts and crafts. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> pushing me aside like Delvin Cook is going to push aside the New York Giants defense. That's what we call a segue. <laughs> Terrible run defense from the New York Giants, giving up 5.4 yards per carry, allowing 360 rushing yards, 1,943 yards, and 15 touchdowns. I think Dalvin Cook is going to be cooking in all the right ways come Saturday. What do you guys think? I, I, I would agree. We, we saw the juice back with Delvin last week. And like you mentioned, the Giants run deep. It's kind of weird because the Giants have – they have a lot of talent and a lot of beef on their defensive front. And they, they're joined by the Vikings in the top six of the NFL in terms of tackling grade on, on PFF. But their run defense stinks, and it's not getting better at all. Um, some stats for you from my buddy Derek Brown, his fantasy primer on fantasy pros. Giants since week 10, 28th in fantasy points per game allowed to opposing running backs, 29th in rushing success rate on defense, 30th in rushing yards per game allowed and last in the entire league in explosive run rate to opposing running backs. This game sets up super-duper well for Delvin Cook. I'm excited. I mean, you saw 
him kind of come back and, and do some big things against Indy last weekend. So I think it's good. I think you're still going to see probably, hopefully, maybe a good split between him and Madison because I think that is going to be important, especially now with that NFC North uh, locked up. Shout out to the Giants defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, however, for my favorite quote of the week ahead of this matchup. In case you guys missed it, he said, quote, Kevin O'Connell does a great job calling the offense. I said, I said, it's unfair. I'm the blue collar guy going against Harry Styles, notably making uh, a little bit of jest out of Kevin O'Connell's fantastic looks. I'll admit it. We all admit it. Good looking dude. Uh, but I do. I think that's, that's a lot of fun. Unfortunately for Wink, his defense about as bad as the Minnesota Vikings and Ed Dontel's defense. I empathize with Wink here. Somebody <laughs> who uh, doesn't, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not trying to be down on myself, especially in the holiday season. I would not put myself anywhere near KOC in the looks department. I would put myself closer to Wink Martindale. And I know how people like Wink feel when you see a handsome person have success. It's very frustrating. But you know what, Wink? I hope KOC stomps you this weekend. Wow. Now, speaking of... Merry Christmas, uh, Wink. (laughs) Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. You filthy Uh, animal. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Vikings defense, we harp and we talk about how atrocious it is. However, this week's matchup seems to be good for the conservative Minnesota Vikings defense, as we had talked about their inability to throw. Uh, You know, Saquon Barkley is probably the one guy that you do have to, to be on the lookout for. So I think the defense should do okay this week. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get – probably you're not going to luck out like you did last time where Jonathan Taylor got injured right away in that game. This one, again, Saquon Barkley stopping him, or you're not going to totally sh- shut off the lights on him, but containing him, preventing him from going ballistic, it is the path here for, for the Vikings to win this game. Um, and, yeah, I, I think, you know, just focusing on that, I, I think they can do that. The, the thing that really scares you as a Vikings fan, it's when the opposing team has the elite outside receivers and a quarterback that can hit them on the hands. The Giants do not profile like that. So, obviously, the blitzes, are we going to get some run blitzes here, trying to fill those gaps, coming forward, stuff like that, and then keeping the containment on Danny Dimes while having the priority stop in Saquon Barkley? Oh, that was a very – excusable reason to leave our lovely show ross i like it i forgot i had this thing and you just Mm -hmm. reminded me actually no i didn't forget i've been wearing it i just forgot to wear it to this record which is another (laughs) faux pas on my part but uh jesse you're looking awfully festive thor you're looking awfully normal thor he's looking awfully thor exactly (laughs) we both that's we wouldn't have it any other any other way I missed a part of that, but the key is somehow, some way, slow down Saquon Barkley. However, I would say this. I said this last week during when the Colts were doing Colts things and Matt Ryan was doing Matt Ryan-like things. I don't understand why, even with Saquon Barkley, if you're the Giants, if you don't come in and throw the ball around the field 50 to 60 times, I don't know what you're doing. Because I just don't think the secondary can really stop anybody. Now, do you want to run here and there? Of course you do. And I get it. They have a world-class running back. But Thor, let's, let's be honest. What's the point in running against the Minnesota Vikings defense? The run defense is poor. I get that. But the pass defense is poor times two. Why, <laughs> even, why even waste your time running the ball? It sure and Saquon Barkley, a very skilled receiver. So that's yeah. that's another thing you have to pay attention to. We saw, I mean, the, the Cowboys was a notable game where the Vikings kept allowing the running backs to get in space, Tony Pollard specifically, and then catching those those swings to the outside or the wheel routes, whatever. 
that's something the Vikings need to pay very close attention to with Saquon Barkley because, Ross, your point's well taken. It's not just stopping the handoffs to Saquon Barkley. It is also uh, holding down on the receiving yardage that could be there. Yeah, and I think Saquon has almost 50 receptions this year. It's in the upper 40s when I looked last night. That's a heck of a lot of receptions for a running back and still, what, three games to play? Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of wide receivers, I know we kind of touched on it during Monday's episode, but I want to talk about wide receiver two down the stretch. Obviously, we all know what Adam Thielen, in case you guys didn't know, he's from Minnesota, played college here, I think. Uh, Mankato? Yeah, I think that's correct. Undrafted, too, I think. Mm, believe so. Believe so. What uh, about Ryan but- Wright? What do we know about Ryan Wright, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> that he's his, he was bigger than Versich coming yeah. out, is what we know about. Six, 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 three, 235, I think. No. Something like that. Thank you. Uh, so we know what Adam Thielen is capable of, has been capable of, but we talked about it on Monday. I'm liking KJ Osborne. I really liked how he played this past matchup. Uh, do you see Thielen or Osborne kind of being more the wide receiver two down the stretch, especially as we mentioned, they locked up that NFC North. Now it's not a time necessarily to sit your players because you're still trying to lock in that number two, possibly get move up to number one. Uh, what do you guys think Thielen or KJ? In this game, I'm going to go with Thielen. The, the context really helped out K.J. Osborne in the last game, sort of facilitated him going wild there. Obviously, the Vikings had to throw a bunch. And then if you were watching, especially the the all-22, you know, you could see the whole field. You could see the amount of attention the Colts were paying to Justin Jefferson every time. There, there was one photo I saw on Twitter where they were around the goal line, and the three guys, the three Colts defenders just immediately went to Jefferson. And stuff like that opened up uh, openings for Osborne. But the, the uh, Giants do not have great uh, cornerback play. I mean, like, uh, it looks like uh, Justin Jefferson is mostly going to get the island of Fabian Moreau here with a little Nick McLeod uh, sprinkled in. Thielen's probably going to get the other one. Those guys haven't been great this year. Moreau, he's allowing a 59% catch rate and a 98.3 passer rating against. McLeod is 64.5% catch rate and 122.0 flat passer rating against. So those guys, you you can, you you know, you, you can take advantage of those guys. The pass rush has to hold up, though, because that's that's what the Giants are best at on defense. Luckily, Christian Derrissaw, back last week, getting healthier now. Hopefully we see him return to dominance. He wasn't, you know, exactly dominant last week, but certainly a huge upgrade over, you know, the, the Brandle and stuff like that that they've been playing before. And and we should see him return to elite status. That'd be big in this game. Yeah, I think the key for the Vikings here, too, is to essentially just get number two play out of whoever it is. It doesn't necessarily have to be just one guy. Maybe this week it's Adam Thielen. Maybe at Green Bay it's Osborne. Maybe in week 18, if you have the number two seed locked up, it's our guy Jalen Rieger, a.k.a. Jalen Rager. (laughs) I don't think it necessarily matters who is number two. What matters is that they get number two production each week from somebody to take a little bit of heat off of Justin Jefferson, or not even heat, let's be honest. Somebody is going to be the bearer of the gift that is single coverage, right? (laughs) So whoever that is needs to take advantage of it on that day. My gut still says number two is Adam Thielen just because he's been Mr. Reliable for Kirk Cousins, always looks for him in those big moments like he did last weekend against Indianapolis. But the days are not, it's not far away from KJ Osborne being the number two receiver on this team. It's a it's a good problem to have. You know, depth is never a bad thing to not know what to do. It's a good problem to have. You, sp- you spoke, Ross, about seizing opportunity. Jalen Hurts. 
hurt? Possibly. Uh, hurts, do you, don't it? Hurts. It hurts, don't it? <laughs> uh, possible to steal the number one seat, do you think, guys? I mean, Vikes, one game ahead of the 49ers, two wins behind Philly. Obviously, Jalen, a huge part of that success for that Philadelphia Eagle squad, which is absolutely tremendous. But, I mean, it's an opportunity. Again, I go back to this is why you're going to see your regulars still playing because there is still something to play for by way of number one. There's still a shot, but it's it's very remote getting up to that number one. I believe what would need to happen is the Vikings would need to win out from here. The Eagles would need to lose out. I think that's that's the only mathematical possibility. Um, I, I think the bigger one to monitor, it's the two and the three thing. Because mm-hmm. it's a big difference for the Vikings whether in I, – I, I'm going to knock on wood before I even say this, so nobody in the comments get on me. But assuming the Vikings win their round one playoff matchup – it's an enormous difference in round two, whether you have to travel to play the San Francisco 49ers on the road with all the skill talent they have. And, and we we know the defensive issues the Vikings have. And then getting the 49ers at home is an enormous difference. So the Vikings really need to hold on to that number two seat. Obviously, they're chalked to do so right now. But as far as the one seat, it would take something cataclysmic for the Eagles not to get that at this point. Yeah. And for that number two seed, easiest way to hold on to it is to win out because the 49ers can't pass you. However, if you finish two and one and the 49ers go three and oh, they will pass you because they have the tiebreaker. So I guess one thing you are hoping for in the final three weeks, it would be nice if you had a a little bit of, I don't know if latitude's the right word, but it would be nice if you could maybe get a loss from San Francisco somewhere along the way. Because I'll be honest, uh, call me Mr. Negative. I'm sure I'm going to get it in the YouTube comments. I'm not convinced the Vikings, if they need to win their final two games on the road at Green Bay and at Chicago, I'm not convinced they will win both of those. I think they'll win one of them, but I think it's a huge ask to win both of those games on the road against a divisional opponent in cold weather on crappy surfaces against a team that plays more than half their games indoors or in comfortable environments so i am rooting for the commies this weekend i think the cardinals still have to play the 49ers wolf and somebody else in there the 49ers are going to be favored in their final three games just like the vikings to me it's who blinks first and who messes up first is going to is going to lose that number two seed well and moreover wing martindale Wink ah. Martindale. <laughs> Whoever Wink Martindale's first is going to be in trouble. I have a friend who doesn't know how to wink. Fun fact. Sorry oh, to call I, her out, but I true. can, I I can wink. What I can't do, I can't blow a bubble. I can can't whistle? whistle. Nope, I can't whistle. I can't snap. I have a friend who doesn't like gravy or Reese's peanut butter cups. No names. <laughs> and I stand uh, by those takes. That, I'll whistle the song all about how terrible they are anyway. That friend's a commie. That's what I would say. <laughs> uh, one more uh, thing to watch this weekend against the Giants. Giants currently seated at number six. They could fall to number seven, which if the Vikings take number two, would put that matchup back yeah. again, correct? I mean, what do you guys think about that? More so reason to really pay attention to how this Giants team plays and how this Vikings team, more importantly, plays against this Giants team. It's big. Yeah. I mean, you know, any of these games where you're against projected NFC playoff games, it's of course, like Ross was mentioning, they, the Vikings need to win out, you know, or I mean, that that's obviously the preferable thing, but you're also sort of feeling the other team out for scouting purposes for potentially down the line and very shortly down the line in the playoffs. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what works and what doesn't. And then if hypothetically you do face them again, or, or the commies that we saw before uh, this season in round one of the playoffs, sort of making adjustments off what didn't work the first time. 
are you two ready for my disaster scenario, which still would take a lot of help, but I, I just live in fear of it? Uh-oh. I feel like um, those Dementors from Harry Potter come in every time you're about to speak, like, whoosh, and they just kind of... <laughs> I, I don't necessarily think they're very good, but I live in fear of having to deal with Green Bay Packer fans, because aside from Wisconsin Badger fans, they're just the absolute worst. Mm-hmm. The Packers getting into the playoffs as the seventh seed in part because they beat the Vikings at Lambeau and then coming to U.S. Bank Stadium in mid-January with the chance to beat the Vikings again. Doomsday slash horrific scenario. (laughs) And if that happens, I may just quit. I I go back. We'll we'll prepare the wanted (laughs) ad for a new producer. I I go back to 2011 and I don't think this Packers team is nearly what the team was in 2011 or 2012 when they last won the Super Bowl. But the, the Packers needed to win in week 17 against the bears to get into the playoffs. They did. Then they rolled through the playoffs and beat the bears again in the NFC championship game to go to the Super Bowl. And everybody thought, Oh, it's no big deal. Pittsburgh will just beat them in the Super Bowl. Eh, eh. Didn't happen and our lives were miserable. I live in fear of that exact same thing happening again until Green Bay is officially eliminated from the playoffs. So Minnesota, if you're going to dump a game here in the final three weeks, do not let it be at Lambeau Field. Do whatever you need to do to win that game. Even if you need to give all of Green Bay food poisoning so they're puking their guts out during the game, do not let that doomsday scenario happen. 12%, 12% as we sit today, still too uncomfortable for me. Way too wonk, uncomfortable. Wonk, wonk. I'm going <laughs> to lift this mood right back up, you guys. Okay, Don't please. you worry. Please. Pro Bowl, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, Zadarius Smith, Andrew DePaulo, they are all going to the Pro Bowl in representing the Minnesota Vikings. However, we do plan that... They won't be able to play because they'll be busy during that February week. Hopefully, fingers crossed. You never know. Uh, also, hashtag I faith. Lift, hashtag faith. I wanted to lift the mood up by talking about our crazy Canadian Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily. We have a group, you guys, of Cousins Crusaders who are huge Kurt Cousins fans. I know. Great year to be a Crusader. Them. Great I, year to be a Cousins Crusader. So good. They reached out and asked if they could help celebrate this incredibly fun season by asking Purple Daily listeners to donate to Kirk Cousins Charity. That sounds pretty good to me, especially during the holiday season, especially because I am now all aboard the Kirk Cousins train. Choo-choo, let's go. Number one, donate to his charity. Visit KirkCousins.org and click the donate button. Donate whatever you can, whether that be $5, $10, $500. I'm looking at you, Thor. Uh, Anything that you can afford is always appreciative. Again, it's for a good cause. We love the crazy Canadian Cousins Crusaders here at Purple Daily. Love what they're trying to do and uh, love their support of Kirk Cousins. So again, visit KirkCousins.org. Make a donation on behalf of the Cousin Crusaders of Purple Daily and uh, spread some holiday cheer well beyond the holidays and into 2023. Go Bombers for the W, baby. <laughs> there you go. You love to hear it. Let's uh, Let's hit some Thor's hammer. Let's first... Remind the folks how much better Jesse is than Thor at predictions. Thor's hammers. Oh, and because we're contractually obligated. <laughs> God, that's good. I'm good. Yeah, that get, that, get that out there. Yeah, I'm coming for you. 
Get that out there. All right. Uh, we start where we always do. Kirk Cousins passing yards. This week, we've moved back into the 260s or 270s last time. Kirk Cousins over under passing yards, 267 and a half. We begin with Jesse. Over. Okay. Ross? I actually think it's over, but I am running out of chances to catch Jesse. So I'll I'll hedge and I'll go under. I'm going to go under as well, just under the idea that uh, Giants pass the, or the run defense is so bad. And I do think the Vikings are going to be ahead, skipping ahead. And his, so arm, his arm's Calvin's tired. He, he threw for almost 500 yards last week. His arm's tired. Did he I throw like for that. over 400 after halftime? R- ridiculous <laughs> game by Kirk Cousins. Give Kirk Cousins more respect out there in national media. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to the the run defense and, and the aforementioned Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook... I'm I'm just gonna say it. This seems like it was set a little bit low by sports bucks, but Delvin Cook's rushing yards 73 and a half for the Giants game. Jesse over or under? Over. Son of a <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go under and hope that Madison picks up 50 to 70 yards. That's that's what I'm gonna do. Again, I don't believe it for a second. I think Cook's hitting the over, but I'm trying to catch Jesse, so mm-hmm. I'll go, I'll go under. I, I hate agreeing with Jesse, but I, I have to go <laughs> over there. It just with the, how bad the Giants run defense is and, and how well Delvin was running last week. Yeah, I, I got to go over on that one. Um, moving to uh, Justin Jefferson, his props once again set in the 90s for his receiving yards. The, the one that I saw, um, 91 and a half receiving yards for the Giants game. Jesse over or under? Say that one more time. 91 and a half receiving yards. Over. Oh, yeah, I'll go over to I'll agree with Jesse on this one. I hate fading JJ, but I love fading Jesse. So this is a <laughs> this is a tough one for me. But I, I'm going to go under and under the idea that the Vikings uh, both take advantage of the run defense. But also uh, the secondary receivers eat a little bit here. We didn't talk about Hawkinson as much. Jesse did mention that that he got a deserved Pro Bowl nut. Um, one thing I wanted to say about Hawkinson in this thing, not only are the Giants 30 sec- last in the league in terms of overall uh, defensive DVOA, but since week eight. So these are these are stats against opposing tight ends. The Giants are 31st in catch rate, 24th in yards per reception and 29th in fantasy points per game allowed to inline tight ends. Uh, that's where Hawkinson spends at least half his time. And Hawkinson, since he, he got to the Vikings, 20.3% target share, 8.1 targets per game. I, I think he's going to have a, a pretty big game. We're not doing him, though. We're, we're moving to the, the uh, spread of this game. Vikings minus three against the Giants. Obviously, it's a home game. Jesse, who you got? Yeah, the Vikings. Okay. Yeah. Yep, I got the Vikings, too. I can't disagree with you on this one, Jesse. No. I'm going. I'm going Vikings as well. And I forgot if I said on the JJ one. I'm going under on that one. If I if I didn't verbalize. Uh, and then the last one, the the team total or the game total. I'm sorry, 47 and a half. Uh, the point total has been set for this game. Jesse, over or under? Over. Okay. Jesse, you're making me mad today. Ross, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go over too because I don't believe in either one of these defenses. So I, I feel like 47 and a half. I mean, all, all you're asking is for 28-20, right? You hit that number, so I'll take the over. Simple. Simple game. I, I think there's going to be a lot of – with the Giants, they can only paper cut the Vikings here. And so there's going to be clock running there. I think the Vikings, they their paper cuts will be more effective. I think this one, though, you're going to see a lot of the running clock. 
it's scary to go under in Vikings games. They've been going over a lot between their offensive playmakers and between how crappy their defense is. But I am going to shade this one ever so slightly under. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Vikings 24, Giants 17, or even 20, like somewhere in there, uh, both of which would go under the total. So I'm going under. Permission to change a hammer, a pick? Yeah, yeah mm. sure. Go ahead. I, I don't know. I don't know. We lock those in oh. like uh, it need, who wants it, to be a millionaire need, just it, right away. It needs to be unanimous. So if you guys both don't agree, then I won't change. You know what? I, I'm okay with it. Merry but I'll, Christmas. I'll defer to Jesse. Merry okay. Christmas. Go for it. Uh, you, Thor convinced me. I was leaning the under because of how much running clock there could be. So this could be another big swing point for Jesse. But I'll, I'm going to switch that to under. Okay. okay. So we got two unders and we're fading Jesse. Sounds <laughs> a good time. <laughs> Comments from YouTube. I'm lining up a few for you today, okay? Okay. Here's what I got for you. They're they're both, you know, fairly fairly deep dives, fairly deep talks here. Oh, okay. This one comes from BS. Love that. BS on the YouTube machine. I prefer realistic commentary. Go ahead and criticize what needs to be criticized. I'm thinking that may have been a compliment for us who can be perceived to be negative. Mm-hmm. My question though, why don't a good chunk of fans think this way? Why don't fans love to be objective or criticize? And I'm not saying you have to. I'm not saying everybody needs to be that way. But this state specifically does not love when you offer up any differing opinion that isn't roses and sunshine about any team in town. Why do some fans struggle with objectivity? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at this positively towards the Vikings fans. I, I think just as, as humans, when, when people disagree with you, you tend to have a reaction. And we've seen it on both sides of it. Like in the preseason, I was obviously way more optimistic about this team uh, than like the national media, for instance. And then, you know, some people were like, oh, you know, you're not being realistic. You're just a homer and like all this stuff. But then when you sometimes when you talk about the negative stuff, then you're being too negative, whatever. I, I, you know, there's just some people that just want to hear agreement for their opinions, but certainly not everybody, you know, and I'm happy for everyone out there that, you know, uh, you know, listens and, uh, you know, they, they're okay with, with takes that diverge from their own. Yeah. I mean, I think that is what a fan is, right? You're with them through thick and thin, good calls, bad calls. I always go back to again, that time that my dad had just religiously watched the Vikings wars, you know, just until 1998. And then that just devastated this poor old man. And then he died. No, I'm just kidding. He <laughs> He's still alive and well. He's actually in my living room right now. So, but like, you know, I think that's, that's just what fans do. Like you are on this team. You get upset when somebody comes at your team, especially, you know, this year you can point to the lack of notable and national coverage and appreciation for the Minnesota Vikings. But that's where we as media like to stir the pot, be critical. Like I said, I don't want to be critical. I just, it's in my nature to like always kind of find something that's not perfect because that's just what I do. Sometimes that's sports, that's realism. That's just me. But I remember way back in my day when I was a fan of sports and I, same thing, like it hurt, but I was ready to be hurt all over again. Every time. Now I just look at ahead and say, Hey, this can't hurt me anymore because I will find something wrong with you before 
you actually proved me right. I, I, and I, I feel like I'm mostly like those guys out there. Like I still get absolutely furious by the Vikings games. I, I think I was mentioning this about the Colts game, but like I was legitimately pissed. Like where I was like deep in the tank and I was missing phone calls and like all this different stuff. But I feel like I'm mostly like people out there and I get ticked off when the announcers say something that I think is wrong, you know, like whatever. So I, I'm with y'all in terms of that. Uh, actually, you know where I get ticked off, and I heard him again last weekend when I was flipping around Red Zone. Anytime Jonathan Vilma shows up, far be it from me to criticize people, but he is without a doubt the worst color analyst I have ever heard in my life. At one point, he was talking, was it last week or two weeks ago, about the Vikings point differential and it being so close because the offense is so good. Why, why does that even make any, that doesn't even make any sense. He no. says stupid stuff all game long. And I, I hope he gets better. I, I, I hold no ill will against him, even though he cheated to win the 2009 NFC championship game, but uh, whatever. I don't know why I wanted to go on a rant about that. One more, one more comment. Uh, Merry Christmas, Jonathan Vilma. One more comment from YouTube. This is from Tommy Litz. He says, happy for Delvin, Hawk, and Joseph. They'll be immortalized on some stock highlight footage, which will be pulled out of NFL archives and reused over and over again for the next 30 years. Of course, talking about that big comeback, historic comeback, last weekend against the Colts. My question for you two, who is the face of that comeback? Oh. Kirk. I don't really even have to think about it. I think it it's got to be Kirk Cousins. I mean, yes, obviously those three players played important roles in those crucial turning point moments, but your quarterback is your leader. Your quarterback is the guy that has the confidence to march you down the field. And I think it's, it's a tie between Kirk and even Kevin O'Connell. Cause while he is Kevin O'Connell was the reason that they fell behind so bad by some poor coaching decisions. He's also the reason that they turned it around again. I think, between those two you got to look at your leaders now you could give an argument for pat p too right for yep. rallying the troops and you could really give an argument but i would say kirk is probably immediately comes to mind as that's the face that's the guy that you look at because your quarterback needs to be absolutely almost perfect for something like that to be achievable and and kirk played phenomenal so i would say it's mr cousins this is going to sound like a cop-out answer but it's just the truth it i can't isolate it to one or two guys right yeah. like because i mean cousins was awesome obviously in the second half jj was awesome despite getting you know multiple hits that i, I love paul allen when when he was going nuts on gilmore for for launching himself was like kick him out of the game and stuff like that i i was totally on board with that but the way they played but like you could just go on and on right like without delvin's uh long reception or, or some of the runs that he had they wouldn't have won without kj osborne seven up they wouldn't have won but then the defense also played awesome in the second half after in the first half, they have been put into bad position after bad position after bad position, 17 points. The Colts got was purely special teams. And then the Vikings and then the pick six, whatever the defense hanging on. And, and you mentioned Pat P and that, you know, the speech or the reminder he gave that the calmness he gave in the locker room at halftime, which, which the offensive players were talking about after the game is something that, that helped out, whatever it, it was, it was a team thing coming back. So I'll remember all that, all that stuff. Uh, I'll simplify it here and say it is going to be Kirk Cousins because the, he will be the one that showed the most on that stock footage B-roll highlight package for the next 20 to 30 years. However, when players talk about it, the story that will be told will be exactly what Jesse alluded to with Patrick Peterson. And really, Thor's also right. It's everybody. You can't overcome 33 points with just Kirk Cousins 
and Pat P rallying the troops. It's everybody. But the face of the comeback will be Kirk Cousins. And the reason why I say that is the previous most gigantic comeback was Frank Reich, the Buffalo Bills, or the New England Patriots. Who do you always see in those highlights? You saw Frank Reich, the Bills, and then you would see Tom Brady and the Patriots. So, of course, you're going to see Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. However, Pat P gets credit to. We also have to shout out Duke Shelley, who had an absolutely enormous <laughs> game there. Like, I love Duke Shelley. Duke Just, Shelley's the man. He's my kid. Uh, you know, the athletic trainers, Schlotman, the backups, every, all of them. Every, everybody. Hey, except shout out, except, except shout out to Matt Ryan, too. Let's not forget how important of a role he you played know, in like this. I really do appreciate Matt Ryan, but I also just feel really bad for him. And obviously he is a part of the reason why these comebacks have happened. He has to own some of that. But also going going back to that Super Bowl, and we'll, I'll make this 20 quick seconds. Whatever Kyle Shanahan was doing where they were routinely in the fourth quarter snapping the ball with 15 to 20 seconds left in the play clock. That's on Shanahan to the point of at least not going to Matty Ice and saying, Matt, you don't need to snap the ball till inside of five <laughs> seconds. Yeah, you know, it's just in, incompetence, gross negligence is what that Super Bowl was. Should we do some before we dies and get out of here? Yeah, Let's so I don't it. forget it. That'd be great. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit the open for you. <laughs> Time now for the Before We Die crew to give us their Before We Dies. Permission to start first? Absolutely. Please. Uh, before we die, Thor will sing his, uh, he has Vikings hot takes and we need them now. His parody of JG Wentworth. Minnesota. Wait, how, how did it go again? I was thinking it before the show. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings fans need hot takes now. <laughs> Call Thor nice from 877 takes now. <laughs> <laughs> will you come over to my place and do some Christmas caroling? Please. Jesse, Jesse and I will show up. And w- w- what do they call that when they do the caroling thing and they knock? There's like a literally called Christmas caroling. Christmas, Christmas caroling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing where I they thought, knock and sing, carol. That was definitely the ditziest thing I said on this show. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. A, ditz, a blonde moment for Thor. But yeah, we're going to show up, Ross. Eight no, seven yes. seven takes now. <laughs> Ross will be looking out his window like the water boy in the hospital scene, yeah. you know, where he's with mom at the end. Mm-hmm. Be Jesse and I would we'll have one candle lit a piece. You two do not <laughs> want to bonnet. You two yeah. do not want to see what my courtyard looks like right now after shoveling and all the snow we've had in the last few weeks here in the Twin Cities. Uh risk of courtyard flooding this spring, incredibly high. Yeah. Very yeah. high. Obscene. <laughs> I've seen Thor. What you got for before we die? Well, you, I was very jealous of some of the football alteration uh, before we die that you guys have done in recent weeks. I have one of my own now, and Ross might not like this one because this change might help the Packers get into the playoffs that this was instituted. But I ain't afraid of the Packers, and I think this would just be good for football. We've seen some of this with college, with college football taking away the divisions and the conferences, so just the two best teams play each other in the conference title game. I think we should do away with division affiliation when we're making the playoff seating. We're going to get one of these jokes of, of the teams from the Buccaneers division or the, the Buccaneers of the Falcons or one of those crappy teams are going to get in instead of a deserving team. There's like there's solid wildcard teams, you know, whether it's the, the three other teams in the – and the NFC East, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Commanders, the Lions uh, certainly deserve it to get into the playoffs more than any team from the NFC South. And maybe the Packers will at the end of the day as well. We'll end up seeing and then this, you got to toss the Seahawks in too. 
but we're going to like, we have to take one of these NFC South teams, whether it's the six and eight Buccaneers, whether it's the five and nine Carolina Panthers who booted out their coach in the middle of the season, who booted out the, the quarterback Mayfield, or whether it's the five and nine Saints or Falcons. Do away with it and just give us the seven best teams from both conferences. So I don't entirely disagree. I just don't know how you would put together schedules and what that may or may not do for rivalries if you're not playing certain teams X amount of times. However, I'll also say this, Thor. I feel like that would hurt my second favorite team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I cheer for because of their ineptitude. I feel like that would hurt their chances at making the playoffs because at least now, Jacksonville could make the playoffs with a losing record. That wouldn't happen in your new format. Duval. I, I also have a schedule alteration. And a pin. I, I have a, what you could do if you do that, you got 16 teams each conference. You can play a round robin of your conference. There's 15 games for you right there. And then the other two do a home and away with the other conference, with the AFC, right? And just rotate through. You know, every eight years you play every single one of them. I think we do that. Let's do that. That's not bad, Thor, but I prefer more uh, Roomba and Chipotle before we die. I you. prefer the Chipotle. Is there an update on Chipotle, first of all? There will be once it's over. <laughs> it's not over yet. We're what still does, fighting for them points behind the what scenes. Does that can you just mean? give me some free chips and queso? Well, maybe I will, can hook that up, too, but I'm going after those settlement first. Where there'll be a settlement where instead of getting all your points, they're like, Thor, once a week for the next three months, you can have free chips in case. <laughs> my, my representative has tried to shy away from threatening legal action against Chipotle, <laughs> but we will do whatever it takes to get those points back. Oh, Jesse, take us home. Uh, before we die, I will remember to always have salt handy because I am literally, quite literally near death every time I step out my front door by slipping on ice. And I always forget to pick said I or salt up. When I am out and about, and I need to remember that. So before we die, my mind will not allow me to forget such important details of the Minnesota winter that we have every single year. Go out, out all the time. Go what? out to a certain county road that we live near, Jesse. Closest county road we live near. Yep. Buy a McDonald's. Yep. Take a right. Yep. Go on down the street to your local hardware store. Yep. Lots of ice melt. Yeah. Yeah, copious oh, amounts I, of ice melt. I just forget every time, and I'm like, okay, yeah, remember to get that. And then I come home, and I was like, I'm always, damn it, like I just, I, <laughs> for whatever reason, forget every single time. Well, basically, so I went to Target, and of course they're all out. They're all yeah. out every time it snows, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yes, I should, you know, in the summer I should buy like 40 of the bags or whatever. So I got them. Same. But it was, yeah, it was so desperate to get that ice off. I tried, I did this last year as well, but every time this happens, I, I get the big bag of the water softener pellets. I don't know if it works or not. I figure it's better than nothing. Now we just try it, but um, I'll, I'll update you. Oh, or we need the Roomba for, for the, I, what we need. Just in a, I, innovator over here, Thor Nystrom. I love Target. I love Target. I hope they sponsor before we die and score North and Purple Daily one day, but don't get me started on Target's inventory issues. Let's just let's they not need do that. Salt when it's snowing, man. It's like, come on. Like one time I went to Taco Bell and I ordered like the, you know, whatever. And they didn't have the ground beef. And I was like, sir, you're Taco Bell. You cannot be out of ground beef. Oh, my That's goodness. What I was saying to the Target folks. It's like, do you see what it's like outside? You don't have any salt. I must have been the 8,000th person today to come through your doors and ask about the salt. I will like, be honest, though. I don't think of Target as my first go-to for salt. I would think of a hardware store or, like, Home Depot or Fleet Farm or Target's got you. everything. Thor, Thor, you kind of sparked something in me. I, years ago, 
circa day 2003 2004 i was still in high school i went to arby's and pulled up and right away the woman over the whatever you call it the loudspeaker the intercom just says we ain't got no roast beef <laughs> it's like you're, ma'am uh, you're, i thought you had the beef or the meat or whatever the that's why i came here literally like, all you guys ever say you're really saying that you don't have the meats Okay, bye-bye. I love Arby's, but to this day, every time I go to Arby's, the first thought in my head is, we ain't got no roast beef. (laughs) Sir, this is an Arby's. (laughs) Well, this went off the rails as badly as the defense will for the New York Giants. So, thank you. You like that? I'm good at these, right? Thanks for hiring me. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, That's going to do it for this week's episode of Purple Dailies Before We Die on Score North, releasing episodes every Monday and Thursday. We will have content for you next week, post-holidays, heading into new holidays. It gets crazy around here in the winter, but hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Hopefully you guys are enjoying our content here on Before We Die. We certainly love putting it out there for you, engaging in the comments. Drop your comments below. Let us know what you think. Uh, Give us your Christmas wish list how you think they're going to do against the Giants, all of the good stuff and the bad stuff if you want. We'll just, you know, whatever. Anyway, that's going to do it. Be sure to check out all Purple Daily's content. Uh, Boone, Realistic Randy, Purple Daily, the original, the OG, and uh, have a very safe and happy holidays. We'll see you guys Monday. Skull Vikings. Hand up in.